You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, we are with Three Chord today. Yes, absolutely. Tony from Three Chord is our guest for today. Tony, you want to introduce yourself? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Tony with Three Chord Bourbon. I handle the sales and marketing for Three Chord. Uh, I've been in the business since 1996. Done everything from vodka and Jack Daniels and Maker's Mark to Deep Eddie Vodka, Pinnacle Vodka. Worked at the distributor level, was a retailer while restaurateur at one point in time. And also now uh, with Three Chord Bourbon in the Old Geraldo. Awesome. Were you in Buffalo the whole time while you were doing that? Or were yeah. You over? Uh, well, I lived in New York City for about five years. Okay. I started in Buffalo. Uh, New York City was obviously, you know, one of the major spirits markets in the nation. And uh, my background was really, was kind of leaning towards the wine business, which is even bigger. Sure. Um, as far as the segmentations of the adult beverage space. But... Uh, I felt like New York City was the place to go, so I lived about 45 minutes north of Manhattan for about five years, and then I decided to take a distributor position back here in Buffalo, and they moved me back here. So I've been here ever since 2003. Awesome. Very nice. Yep. Cool. The world is a small place now. You can do anything from anywhere. Absolutely. You know, yeah, we're yeah. Skyping. We, we do, you know, we do training sessions over, you know, over video, and, you know, all the modern forms of communication are hard at work in our company right now. Sure. Because yeah. we're small, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So with the three-chord brand, is there a story behind why you're called three-chord, and if so, you want to tell it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a great story. As a matter <laughs> of fact, this is kind of, you know, you get touched by this brand, and it's it pulls you in. Sure. It's just magnetic. Um, three-chord is the three-chord of the blues, oh. which is the foundation for most modern music in the United States. You know, all country and rock and roll came from blues. Sure. And uh, Neil Giraldo, nine-time Grammy-nominated, five-time Grammy-winning songwriter and musician, he's always the guy behind the scenes that would write the music, uh, write the lyrics, put the band together. This guy's skill set's good for this song and so on and so forth. And to give you some examples, you know, he's written for John Waite. He's written for uh, Kenny Loggins. He's written for Rick Derringer. Um, wow. A lot of, lot of, you know, those one, 1980s, you get the Rick, Rick Springfield's, mm-hmm. Jesse's Girls, his song, Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar is his song. So those are a couple Grammy winners that he's done. Sure. But he's the guy that said, you can't do it by yourself. It's a team effort. You have to find, just like in bourbon, and, you know, Neil's been a bourbon drinker for a long time. Um, and the creativity of, you know, of his life from music to, 
and kind of being that guy that, you know, was kind of going against the world, you know, come on, 70s and 80s being a musician in Cleveland. Right. It's, you know, that's a tough crawl to the top, you know. For sure. (laughs) And, um, you know, he did it. He made it. He made his dream come true. And I think, you know, 40 years of success and he's just wanted to, you know, kind of go down a different path and take that creativity and turn it into, uh, turn that energy into another product and something that he loved was whiskey. Um, and you know, it, the idea behind it was how do we take that music concept of a great band? You need a vocalist, you need a drummer, you need a sax player, right? To, right. And three chord by definition is bringing those tunes into harmony. So a lot like single malt scotch versus a blended scotch, Johnny Walker versus a Lagavulin, a Dalwhinnie or an Oban, those single malt scotches are part of Johnny Walker's makeup, part of their blend. Oh, okay. So what we said was we don't want to be one bourbon from one place because three chord is about bringing those tones together in harmony. And, you know, one of the big things with Neil from day one, and he asks every month, what did we give back to the community today? Um, you know, we're doing, if you look at our website, we've got about 15 charitable partners we work with that are, you know, our pillars of giving are kind of around, you know, giving, you know, uh, kids in the little help get them instruments. So we buy guitars in one instance. We support local blues society to expand our, we have to preserve our stage Mm -hmm. because it's an older style of music. How do we get younger people into the blues genre? Very true. You know, we still support country or pop and there's events that are appropriate for us, but those you know, those genres or the older genres kind of fading a little bit. Yeah. So we preserve our state. So we support the Western New York Blues Society, Detroit Blues Society. Um, We have a band that we work with very closely, David Michael Miller's uh, Miller and the Other Sinners, which is a great band here in Buffalo. Sure. And they're now touring for us. You know, they're part of the company. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's where Three Chord came from. And, you know, like I said, we're kind of like a blended scotch. We're a blended bourbon for the same principles. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well. That's a really good story. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love those type of stories. It just brings more personality to the brand that yeah. we're looking at because uh, th- the name tells a lot about the company. Yeah. And the logo tells a lot about a company. So that it's a really good story. And mm-hmm. we really appreciate all the stories. Yeah. the You know, Niels was big on giving back. You know, we're pretty fortunate people. So we give back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, if you look at our website, and we live this every day, we're about, you know, family, friends, and community. You know, your family's the closest. You're then your friends. And well, your community can need your help too, you know. Right which is where we, you know, we just did a nice event out in Michigan with Chad Tuff, which helps children with brain cancer, you know, and a lot of the Michigan Wolverines guys are involved in that. So we were out, we were out there in Michigan doing some promoting with them. Which you're a big Michigan Wolverines fan. Yeah. Well, you saw listening to the interview today. (laughs) So (laughs) that's cool. So with your process of blending the, these bourbons together, can you talk a little about the process and how you guys do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the process starts with our distiller and uh, slash blender, Ari Sussman, uh, he's a young, young, uh, up-and-coming distiller. Uh, he's got a great resume already, and um, <clears throat> he, you know, he's involved in the agricultural sciences at Michigan State University. He's one of the initial um, agricultural fermentation, which is, oh, you know, cool. is distilling. Uh, Michigan State University has uh, a master's distilling program. It was actually the first in the nation in, back in, I think it was 2008 or something like that. Um, and Ari, along with Dr. Berglund, were actually commissioned by MGP, who I'm sure you know who they are, mm-hmm. um, to kind of reformulate their mash bills a little bit and, you know, kind of move them up in quality and do some different things and experiment with them. And he was a big part of that move. Uh, he then spent three summers in France, in Bordeaux, wow. um, and then consulting in Cognac. So there are some, you know, diff- they do 
they manipulate wood a little differently in Europe than we do here in the U.S. And the, the strains of the, the oak are a little different. Sure. They contain different compounds. Different tastes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've taken some of, some of these elevage techniques that you use in France and manipulate the wood with them over here. So that's really where we become experts. And that's what you need in blending is to be able to work that wood in your favor and be able to get, you know, th- that uh, um, lignin in the wood to produce the compounds that you're looking for, which comes out in various temperatures of the, of the, uh, of the heat that sure. you apply to the wood. So Ari's really the pinnacle of what we're doing here. And his, he's a young guy with a lot of energy. He lives this lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, all the best people you you know you live what you do you know it's Absolutely. not a job and you're so passionate about it and you know Ari's just another person in our great team that lives this lifestyle that's awesome oh, nice yeah but it, it really starts with him if he if you don't have that guy you, you know it's it's honestly it's like four legs on the table each guy you need to keep balance right so right you need the sales and marketing the operations and the distilling and everybody's a leg keeping keeping the table steady Sure. You know, and that, that's what Neil wants. If you see any of Neil's interviews, it's all about teamwork and everything else. And, you know, it's just, you can, no one can do it by themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Cool. So for, <clears throat> so can you guys explain how you take a little here, a little there, and then come up with your own product? Because um, obviously he, like you said, lives a lifestyle, but what is his expertise in basically making the product from what you get. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it started with Neil. You know, Neil and Ari were very fundamental. This is very simple. But, you know, Neil had a vision on, you know, being able to create products that consumers really going to enjoy. Sure. Um, and when you don't have the luxury of millions of barrels or thousands of barrels, I'm sorry, to choose from, how do you get to an end game where the consumer is going to really, truly enjoy that product? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it started. You know, Ari said to Neil, hey, we can't just have Kentucky or Tennessee or Indiana bourbon and get what you're looking for, this vanilla character that you love. Because right. Neil's very engaged in this company. There's not one of these products that went out the door without his final really? approval to taste it. That's oh, absolutely. Awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Wow. You know, there's a lot of celebrity uh, backers or celebrity participants and brands or however, you know, celebrity brands, however sure. you want to couch it, that I don't have a clue what's going on. Right, you know, Neil's yeah. involved in manager's They're calls. They're just endorsing it. Exactly. Yeah. And he's in tasting it. And he's, you know... I've literally flown to New York City with samples, gotten off an airplane, and met him at a concert. Oh, that's to sweet. taste. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it really was, you know. <laughs> and but that's the kind of guy he is. That's his charisma, and you know, he's uh, if he's going to put his name on something, you know, he's he's going to try it. It's not going to be anything that you know that he wouldn't like himself. And you know, that's that's what you get from Neil. Is like you know, he's thinking about what the consumer is going to want. True. Are we? Can we be consistent? So. Um, you know, the different production practices in producing bourbon, you know, the most basic one, you know, you see, you hear about Tennessee versus Kentucky, mm-hmm. right? So right. Tennessee strips few soils out through that charcoal maple mellowing process or Lincoln County process you hear about. Well, the few soils get stripped out before the whiskey goes into barrel to age. Kentucky leaves them in. Okay. Okay. That's going to produce different characteristics. You know, obviously there's different climates, there's different microclimates. Even in a, a, rat, a rick house, you know, the ninth floor is going to age differently than the first floor. Right. The middle of the warehouse is going to age differently, you know, than the than the, the east side of the warehouse, which is going to age differently than the west side as the sun moves and the sure. wind blows. So um, Ari's skill set, uh, you know, he really brings that to the table and he gets, you know, what we're trying to do. And we have good business partners, too, that are, you know, very upfront with us. 
you know, to say, hey, listen, you need samples of this before it goes? Yeah, absolutely, we do. We taste everything before we buy it, which is great. Nice. Um, you know, so I think that when you take a look at the blending process to create what we have, it's paying off. We're getting 90s and gold medals all over the place. Right. And, uh, we just, uh, you know, we just got a 93 on the rye from the Beverage Institute. Oh, awesome. Which is a great score. I love the rye. That's my favorite expression. Okay. You know, but our blended got a 90 in the wine enthusiast and is going to okay. be in the top 100 buying guide for the for Christmas season, which is coming out That's next awesome. month. That's yeah, huge. So, and then Mark Gillespie, who's a you know who's a great reviewer, um, he uh, he gave our our 12 bar 94. Oh, you okay. Know, which he doesn't give out a lot of 90. Anything above 93, I think he's only given out 10 different ones. Sure. And, you know, we've had a, I've been trying to find it online, but someone a bourbon reviewer blind tasted and tasted three quart blended bourbon and. It beat Weller, twelve year old. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's and if huge. I can't find it, it's gone. <laughs> but I was reading this. I'm like, did you guys see this? <laughs> you know, That's I don't awesome. know if they took it down or what on purpose, but I, I couldn't remember who it was. But um, you know, we're happy to blind taste with anybody. Uh, we try to keep our price points as reasonable as we can. Sure. Um, you know, we feel that. We have a little something for everybody. You know, that's what three chords all about. We have an introductory uh, expression with our three chord blended bourbon, mm -hmm. um, which blends a little bit from uh, Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky. Okay. Um, you know, the 12 bar reserve is 12 year old Kentucky and Tennessee blended together. And then our rye is uh, three year old Kentucky and almost two year old uh, Indiana rye. Oh, okay. You know, which is great. And then we're doing a lot of barrel finishing with. Uh, we just bought some hybrid barrels from International Stave Company, which is mm -hmm. one of the largest barrel producers in the country, yep. uh, based in the Ozarks down in Missouri. Uh, we were only the second company to buy this hybrid barrel, which is alternating American and oak, uh, French oak staves. Oh, okay. And French oak carries the eight times the amount of vanillin in the staves, which is a compound we love in our product. Sure. You know, and that's that's where you know that's where Ari comes in. His expertise is fantastic. He can tell you about whiskey lactone and, you know, all these uh, ethyl glycol and furfural and what those compounds do to the overall finish wow. of the product. You know, and that's where the blending really comes into play because, like I said, we don't have all these things that, you know, where they come from. And he'll say, you know what, Tony, we need a couple barrels of Kentucky 12. Okay, I'm on it. Sure. Because you know? um, he knows what's going to contribute to the final product. Right, yeah, because it just has to be an oak, right? It doesn't matter if it's American or French, and Correct. the combination mm -hmm. of them together will produce yep. a completely different taste. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome, cool. So you talked about the, the, the different types of bourbon that you have out right now. Well, what are the price points, and where can people find them for mm -hmm. those? Uh, so in Western New York, we're in most major retailers. Okay. Uh, even I mean, we're, we're proliferated here pretty pretty well. Um, we've got some people that are working here directly. Uh, my son Tyler's on the trade every day. You know, um, he's the biggest pain I, we have going, you know. Um, Michael, I was hoping, was going to be here tonight. He's, sure. our, uh, he's our marketing and sales development manager, and these guys are hustlers, you right. know. So you can pick us up in the Premier stores, the Global Group stores, supermarket, wine and liquor outlet, and, you know, all the way to, from Niagara Falls and, you know, Butler's Liquor and Caputis and On the Rocks. You know, the list goes on and on sure. and on. Um, and, you know, most of the retailers in Western New York are pretty accommodating. If you go into your retailer and they don't carry us and you ask for them, I'm sure they'll, they'll bring us in. Right. So, but we're, you know, we're the South Towns. We're, you know, we're in uh, Cordially Yours. You sure. know, we're, so we're all over the place. Are you across state lines at all? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, our first three states, which all started about, uh, we're in our 16th month, um, July of 2018. Oh, okay. So we're in Michigan. That's our home state. Um we're in New Jersey and New York. Okay. Uh, 
in August this past year, we did expand into Tennessee and New Mexico. Wow. And then in September, we actually broke into Kentucky. Good for is, you guys. Yeah, it's really... That's it's, big. Yeah, we hired a couple people, one to work Memphis, this guy, Ryan, fantastic. He's a, his background is in retail. Um, and then Laura, she's a she's a hustler as well, you know, out all the time. These people, these are the kind of people we want to attract. There's people that are kind of go-getters and Absolutely. are going to be visible. We're not looking to manage from the, the White Tower, so to speak. We want people that are going to be out there engaging consumers, engaging bands. We, mm-hmm. we have a lot of our... Uh, brand building activities around local original music sure which is really nice so um the blended bourbon we'll start there uh, getting back to your where can we get it and how much is it we try to retail for around 39.99 okay um you wow, know there's very a couple, reasonable yeah there's and there's some great i georgetown over here in williamsville had it on sale for 30 uh 35.99 okay. i think a couple couple weeks ago so um you know there's there's a lot of support from you know Addie's puts us on sale we do a lot of tastings and you know, the premier stores, Addie's, McKinley. Mm-hmm. So we, right. we're out there. You can find our people all the time. You know, if you follow any, like, social media and look at Ignite Event Marketing, they're our local marketing okay. arm here. It's a Buffalo company. Once again, trying to keep awesome. the business here in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know, they post, you know, hey, we're going to be over here today. We're going to be over here. So if you friend Ignite Event Marketing on Facebook, follow them and on Instagram. So... Uh, our three-core blended bourbon is designed for cocktail creation okay. or an introductory consumer that's just kind of getting into bourbon okay. a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's very, it's a little milder. It's It's got a great uh, flavor profile. There's no peaks or valleys in the flavor profile. The flavor phenols are very evenly uh, across the spectrum. So it's something you can mix very easily. Sure. Three bourbon smashed with lemonade and splash club soda. You know, oh, highball, nice. you yeah. know. If you want to drink it straight and neat, you can. You know, say it's kind of a warm day and you're not not feeling the bloat of a, you know, something to cool you off like that lemonade, just drop an ice cube in it. You know, just one. Sure. You know, cool down a little bit, but it's it's light enough to kind of, um, you know, quench your thirst, I guess, if you will. Yeah. So um, that's our, our blended bourbon. Then you have our 12-year-old bourbon, which is our, uh, right now it's our flagship, okay. but at the end of the day today we'll tell you about a couple things coming down the road. Absolutely. Um, but the 12-year is great. This is for... You know, our foolproof bourbon consumer. Um, it's currently about 65% Tennessee 12 and 35% Kentucky 12. Okay. You're going to pick up a lot of charcoal from that Tennessee portion of the product. Um, a lot of smokiness, if you will. Um, it comes out at 107 proof. So wow. okay. Tennessee tends to be a little bit, as it ages, the evaporation, there's no fuse oils in that. So sure. it evaporates a little quicker. So you might come out at like 98, 99, whereas a Kentucky is going to come out at 115, 120, 125, maybe wow. even more. Um, but when you blend them together, okay, we're coming out at about 107 right now. Okay, so, cool. Um, that's got a great, you know, it gives away to the nutty, oaky characters. And being 107 is going to kind of come back up through your yep. sinuses. You get that little uh, um, uh, kickback, if you will. Sure. It's just going to hug you to about here. And that's the nice part. All of our products, the hugs are very, you know, here's where your blender will hug you. The rise is a little lower, and right here's where the 12, and it's going to end. You get anything down here, you're miswallowing. You're not going to get a lot of that. uh, um, Astringency is going to come back up on the 107, but it's going to end here. But it's supposed to. You want that nutty peanut pecan type character to come up back through your sinuses yeah. that's an interesting perspective i don't think anyone's talked about that that mm-hmm. hugging and how it's going down yeah not yet. what process really makes that unique to each brand where it's going to go down differently filtration filtration okay yeah so you can do i mean 
There's people that are chill filtering. There's people that don't filter. Right. Correct. Right. There's people that are chill filtering. There's people that are just filtering. And then inside that process, you have guys that will drop it to high 20s, low 30s. You know, what's the temperature range and what you want and what you want to filter out of okay. it. So our, our filtration process is proprietary. Sure. We keep that to ourselves. That's Absolutely. something because, you know, it's part of our Absolutely. end game, you know. Um, yeah. It's part of your crusty crab yeah. recipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Who's so, that little guy that runs around trying to get the crusty crab recipe? Plankton. Plankton, right. I love plankton. So you're saying the one in the middle is 107 proof, yep. and then where are the other two proofs? Uh, 81 on our blended. Okay. Okay, and that's by design. Once again, we want to be a dead introductory consumer. Sure. You know, the products in the United States are at 80 proof for a reason. Right. You know, because... They used to be 80 or 5 or 86 or 90, but the consumer in the United States, listen, we all talk that we're drink dry wine and we're we're Kool-Aid country. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. We can all sit here and say what we want, um, but we like things at 80 proof. If I go over to Spain with the blended, they're going to give me the boot. They want something up here, at least oh, okay. single malts are young, which are more vibrant, and, sure. and, and there's a lot of herbaceous type character in right. those things, as opposed to being aged or hitting a sterification or hitting wood. They want that kick and that oh, okay. grainy, that young character. So they're going to look for something from us, ninety-five or one hundred seven proof. They don't want the lower proof. So it all depends on who you're looking, who you're looking to get to drink right. the product. Um, the rye's at ninety-five. Okay. Um, you know, rye by nature tends to be more spicy and a little hotter. Sure. Uh, it's about ten percent of the nation's business. And you know, about to, if your bourbon's doing a million cases, you get about a hundred thousand rye. Right? Okay. So one of the things that we said we want to be in the rye business. Because we like rye. and But how do we make ourselves different? Because we knew the consumer, typically most consumers don't really like rye. They say they're too spicy. Right. When you have a rye, they're very tannic and dry. Sure. So you get that pucker feel in your mouth. Um, we've actually already developed a secondary finishing process. So our rye goes back into barrels after it's mixed and blended. Oh, okay. So it goes back into the barrels uh, for an extended period of time until it's ready to come out. And what that wood does is softens those tannins a little bit. And the, it, it mellows the spice. Tannins magnify spice because they're both that astringent feel in your mouth. And it's giving you that that sensation. Well, if it's spicy, it's only magnifying. It's like throwing Tabasco and chili, right? Right. right. By themselves, you may say, hey, this temperature is great. Put them together. You're like, whoa. You know? <laughs> so by reducing those tannins in the bottle a little bit, we've allowed our fruit to come out a little bit more in our rye. It's got a great cherry character. It's oh. got some citrus peel. Um, maybe a little green apple, depending on your palate. And then you're going to get your spice. And then it's going to finish and give you that mild hug. Okay. Like right in the middle. Not, I'm going to say mild, probably more like a medium hug right in here. Um, but there's a lot going on in here. And this is a, the rye is a type of product that evolves while it's in the glass. You okay. know? And we didn't talk about that, too. The 12-year-old, you drop a drop of water on that 12-year-old. So try we'll try it straight. Yep. And then try a little 12, with just a little drop of water. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick up a lot of pepper. Okay. The pepper's really going to show up in it. That's a complex product. That's what you want. You want it to evolve. Absolutely. You want it to bring you, you know, when you're a kid, how did you eat your cheeseburger or your hamburger? Pretty plain. Yeah. Ketchup on it maybe and, yeah. you know, on a bun, right? Right. Yeah. How do you like your cheeseburger now? Fully loaded. <laughs> Stacked. Yeah. Fully loaded. You know, like you, a Krabby Patty, right? Yeah, bring exactly, right? You know, and <laughs> I love eating at Route 78 Street Bar, you know, and oh, the yeah. chef out so there good. will come down. He's like, what do you want on that burger? I'm, you know, give me an egg and mushrooms falling off of it, you know. My buddy Jimmy owns the joint, and he's always got – he's he's the worst. I hate him. He's like, hey, you got to try this. Here, let's bring this food over, you know. <laughs> I'm like, Jimmy, and this food is fabulous. So Yeah, uh, you're we, so close, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's I go good. to Route 78 all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, but I neat. I got to eat my Brussels sprouts too. So I yep. eat green vegetables. <laughs> eat those over at neat. You know, absolutely. Um, but uh, there's some there's some there's a reason for that. You know, and when you're a kid, your palate develops just like everything else in your body, and it's demand stimulation. So um, I always ask wine drinkers, "What was the first wine you drank? White Zin. Mm-hmm. What do you drink now? Cabernet Sauvignon." Because your right. palate has demanded more stimulation over time, and that, that there's no difference in anything else that you're going to try. Um, so you really want your palate to evolve. So that's why we have something for the introductory consumer, something a little more complex, and it's going to evolve, you know, a real nice drink. This is going to evolve as well, but it's also going to hit you because and it doesn't even taste like a 107. Okay. It's not. You're going to be like, wow, this is 107 proof. Sure. Really? Are you kidding me? So that's kind of uh, that's kind of what the range is developed for. Um, is to hit those different different consumers to uh-huh. be able to have a little something for everybody. And we've even got some of our expressions that are coming next year are going to be really, really great as well. And another different consumer is going to be stimulated with those. Right. So Cool. You want to talk about those now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do that, of course. Um, <laughs> I love talking bourbon. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So Q1 in 2020, we're going to see a, an expression called Strange Collaboration. Okay. Um, which is our three-quart bourbon uh, finished in strange family vineyards, Pinot Noir barrels. Oh. And, uh, one, you know, it's just, guy's got a great name. His name's Brian Strange, and they have a little winery, <laughs> so you can only buy online or at the winery. Um, but uh, Strange Family Vineyards, they produce uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and some some bubbles. Uh, they'll do some uh, California sparkling. Um, but, you know, Brian and Neil are really good friends, um, okay. and they have a bond that, you know, part of the strange collaboration is going to go into our philanthropy and give back to some local crisis services groups. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. So they've, they had something happen in their life that that's kind of brought them together. And Brian was nice enough to get us some Pinot Noir barrels to, they've been down since July. So we're about six months, no, early July. So yeah, we're almost coming up on six months okay. um, that the bourbon will be picking up those Pinot Noir characters in the, in the Pinot that's Noir That's fascinating. And we're coming out with that. And yeah, we just tasted last week, as a matter of fact. So we taste every month. Mm-hmm. You know, Ari and myself will get together and we go through every barrel. We taste it. You know, everything that comes in doesn't, you know, doesn't come in without being tasted at first. Um, you know, and, and then we talk about it. You know, we bring in other opinions as well. We've got some nice friends in the business that have been around for a long time. And, you know, we get advice from people that are really good to us. So, sure. um, and that's the nice part about the bourbon world. You know, if I could call up, uh, you know, friends of mine from Brindiamo or call friends of mine. Jimmy Rutledge <laughs> has been a great guy. You know, he just opened that. His new, working on his new distillery down in Kentucky. Oh, okay. um, I got to give him a plug. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cream of Kentucky. Let's go. Cool. Oh, nice. So, yeah, Jim Rutledge. It's, it's, it's fantastic. He, you know, he's an old Four Roses distiller. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, so, we, you know, we work with different people in the business, uh, but we taste everything when it comes in. So, I think Strange Collaboration is evolving, and you're going to see that in the next couple months, um, and that'll be hitting the shelves, and then... Uh, the last thing you'll see, we're gonna we're gonna do a bourbon cream around the holidays. We were trying okay. to do it this year, but uh, we got caught up a little bit. Uh, you'll so you'll see that next year. Okay, cool. Well, which is great. People love those bourbon creams Absolutely. during the holidays. They're extremely yeah. addicting. Yeah, they just come out so smooth. They're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are. Right? Um, but our Halo project is called Whiskey Drummer. Okay. And um, me and Neil and I and Brian Canning, one Neil's partner and original founder, uh, we were sitting in New York City uh, last winter. And we were having a drink and. So, you know, the whiskey, Neil's like, what, what'd you just say? I said, the whiskey drummer. He goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, well, after Prohibition, when Prohibition ended and Main Street and Louisville, 
the bourbon salesmen were coming out, and there's a guy with a drum banging on the drum, come out and buy your bourbon, prohibition's repealed, come out, you know. Oh, cool. So for about 10 years after prohibition, liquor salesmen were called whiskey drummers. And awesome. no one owns the name. So we trademarked it. Neil, Neil on the spot sent to his attorney an email. We want it. And, you know, a couple months later, we had we had whiskey drum. Wow, so, that's really cool. Yeah, we think so. So we've uh, we've been able to get our hands on some great Kentucky 15-year-old that's going to go into that oh, wow. project. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but those are the kind of things we're doing. We have, you know, we have a friend of ours that we love dearly and another distiller in Michigan, uh, Mammoth Distilling. Okay. And he's uh, he's big over in Canada, and he buys old rack houses of of rye, and he just lifted a fifteen and a seventeen year old batch of rye. Oh wow! And brought it over. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited. We're going to jump on board with that too. It's fan. We, I'll tell you, I didn't want to leave because yeah, Ari sure. and I were up there with him. <laughs> I don't Paul, blame you. <laughs> Paul Nanula, too, he's our CEO here. And he, it was like his first real barrel-tasting experience. He's like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. It's awesome. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, that's what's going to be coming next year. Um, you know, so we have, uh, we've got a lot to talk about year in and year out. And, you know, that's the, the nice thing about us is we want to be able to pivot to consumer demands, you know, and. I think you're seeing these barrel finishing products mm-hmm. come to fruition a little bit more and more and more. And, you know, we can't compete with traditional distillers uh, like, a, you know, t- t- because we don't have the, the cash or the supply. And that's right. what you find with craft distillers across the country. Yeah. It's just expensive, you know, right. and you can't waste, you know, when you're a little guy, you can't waste your product and, you know, go through all these experiments. So one of the things that we said was, is, you know, we want to kind of get into it this way. Sure. And then, Smart. As people, we see consuming trends change and evolve because we feel that the craft emergence of craft beer and then craft spirits Mm -hmm. has changed the consumer trends a little bit. So as we do these barrel finishing things, you're starting to see now big guys follow little guys. Yeah. Which is kind of neat, right? Right. Oh, these things are working, you know. And, um, you know, I've got people right now that, hey, Tony, can we get a couple of your bourbon barrels you want to do a stout in them or oh, i'm sorry yeah a stout and yeah yeah, yeah and uh or a porter i forget i'm not a beer guy yeah. i don't know um but those are those are really cool things to be working with other people and helping them out and you know you put my logo here and i'll put your logo there yeah done you know and that's kind of what what this business is all about absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so that's what's on the plate for next year cool that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome yeah so should we try them yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah do let's, let's do it let's do it let's do it so I, the blended bourbon, you. I think you're, you know, you, you can put a little water in this if you want to. Um, I just like it neat. Um, it's it's interesting. We've actually grown from um, cocktails to on the rocks, and then now we've pretty much grown to strictly just neat. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're just hanging out or what have you, it's always neat. Yeah. yeah. It's tough for me to kind of ruin it with a ton of ice. Exactly. You know. There you go. Well, you know, that's a Kool-Aid generation we were talking about. You know, you started mixing it, and then you kind of break away your palate bottles, and you're like, hey, man, this is a really great product that we mm-hmm. use. So it's got great nose. You get a little vanilla. You got you get a little bit more of those early grain characteristics yep. you get because it is a little younger. This is, like, soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very easy to, to you know. I notice what you're telling about the hug position yeah, on this right one. Yep, right very high. high. That's not, yeah. not yep. deep at all. So what is the what is the mash bill on this? Like so, if you're looking at the the nerdy stuff. As yeah, been yeah. Told. So we're uh, the three core blended bourbon right now is seventy five percent corn, twenty one percent rye, four percent malted barley. Um, it's a pretty standard mash bill mm-hmm. right now, but that's also what we like. You know, that's kind of falls into our wheelhouse. 
there's a lot of things, you know, there's a level of sweetness in this that the consumer's looking for. Absolutely. You know, and we have a proprietary secondary barrel stave finishing that is in here. So what happens is we take our, our blend, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, it, gets, uh, it gets put into a tank um, and we take a charring process for secondary staves to go into that tank to extract that mandolin that we're oh, looking okay. for out of the staves. So if you have a young bourbon that's grassy and herbaceous and grainy, and an older bourbon, which has a lot of oak or wood or really nutty characteristics, right? So we have those two. We want to fill in this triangular gap here. And that's done with the vanillin in that secondary wood toasting process. Gotcha. Which is, this is 100% bourbon, but under TTB regulations, uh, we need to be called a blended because we're putting those staves mm -hmm. into the tank. And Maker's Mark has started to do some things like that. And, you know, I think you're going to see more innovative things come from Sazerac and, you know, sure. other companies, um, you know. People that are intelligent about whiskey will can see through, you know, things. And we want to be as transparent as possible. Absolutely. You know, so we're putting wood in there and that's what we're doing to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, but that's part of our proprietary process. How do we extract vanillin out of that wood? Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of control. You know, everything we do is a number four char when it comes in. But then what we do is toast which is completely the opposite, sure. right? You see those commercials where they throw in the barrels up over to that giant flame and the flames yeah. all over place. You know, you're looking at 50 <laughs> seconds at, you know, 1,200 degrees, you know, yeah. and to get, and the char is filtering, you know. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. that char is filtering that, that bourbon as it expands mm -hmm. and the air pressure moves it in and out of the wood. What brings you the flavor is that red layer between the oak okay. and the charcoal. You ever go campfire, you get the marshmallow going, you oh, let yeah. one kind of get really black, mm -hmm. and you pull it off, and you're, you have the soft marshmallow on the inside, but there's that brown, sappy-looking yep. color around it. When you pull that black piece off of that, that's what happens in wood. So you want that bourbon to push out against the charcoal filter and then grab some of those sugars as it comes back into the wood. Sure. And that's where your flavors are really coming from. Is It's called a red layer. you know. So as we add our secondary wood, we're looking to different characters we don't take it to a char mm -hmm. it's done at a toast so those certain saps and acids come to the surface fascinating the, mm -hmm. the more you drink this the more vanilla you get oh yeah and it really yeah. it's so smooth going down mm -hmm. yeah this is awesome so great like i said yeah, you know really good. it's it appeals to everybody vanillas are very people like vanilla yeah. you know and it's just it's a popular character it's universal mm -hmm. yeah yep and I'm getting like a caramelized two note to it too. Absolutely. For some reason, I'm smelling, I don't know why, but I'm smelling kettled corn yeah. when I smell this. Well, so don't I'm forget, we're a little like high. Yeah. In, in, it's a little sweeter. Yep. Okay. Um, you're going to get caramel. You're going to sure. get butterscotch. You're going to get your vanillas because that's what we want to yep. get in there. And then eventually it gives away and you pick up some of that. There is Kentucky 12 in there. So you'll pick up gotcha. some of those oaky characteristics from in that smoke from an aged, uh, more aged bourbon. Which is kind of what we think people like because there's a lot happening. It's not just one dynamic, you know. Right. So as a traditional distiller, you can, we can take four or five of those con traditional distillers and put them together in a bottle and come up with something pretty cool. Right. You know. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's kind of like think about, you know, you go to France and you're in Bordeaux, in the in a good Bordeaux is Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, you know, mm -hmm. Merlot. There's five different grapes in there, right? Right. In in bourbon, you know, so we're in, you know, we go out to California and you look at some of these wineries, it's all Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, maybe 5% Cab Franc or 5% Merlot. But you go to a true Bordeaux style, it's blended because it's taking advantage of different characteristics. Just like blended scotch takes advantage of different Absolutely. characteristics. Lagavulin ages much differently than 
you know, than Dalweeny does because it's on the coast. And so I think of right. that wind and that salt air permeating those casts for extended periods Absolutely. of time. It's leaving that salt behind, and you can and pick up those. And all that peat, it's different oh, from yeah. each one of them. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of why what we're doing is, is we think is really uh, unique is that we're able to blend some things together and create some good ideas. So. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. a very easy daily drinker. Yeah. Very. It's yeah. too easy. That's what it is. It's too easy. <laughs> that's a good thing. I've heard that before. Yeah, yes. Cool. Yeah, let me give you guys the rye here. Got cords up here, down here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm not getting them. I'm going to knock something over. <laughs> There's our, this is the rye. Thank this you. This is great for a second, uh, our second expression. You can smell the higher alcohol content yeah. on this one. Yep. Just give me a great hug. You guys going to hug you yep. a little more. A little, little, just a little, little bit, deeper. yep. Still at 95. That's so interesting. This, this I, I guess gonna... I never really thought about drinking whiskey in that sense where it's going to, the, the different ways that, or levels it's going to hug me. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting point. I, I really like that. Yeah. Cool. You just put a little water in there too for I yours? I did, yeah. The rise, it, it evolves. It's fantastic. And it evolves really without water as well. You can yeah. just, this is a great sipper. That will taste one way for the first five minutes, a different way for the next five minutes, and a different way for the. Next that changes a lot. Yeah, that water. Mm-hmm. We, we do that too. We went to Black Button for one of our episodes, and they gave us an eyedropper of so the uh, um, like reverse osmosis distilled mm-hmm. water, yep. and we put that in every one of our episodes just to see how the whiskey evolves. And yep. some doesn't, obviously, with the oil content and everything, mm-hmm. not necessarily separating it. But this definitely did evolve quite a bit. Yeah. Everybody's using reverse osmosis water now yeah. in whiskey production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I'm not totally sure, but I believe it's actually in a federal law that you have to go down to a point zero zero one micron filter for a consumable water. So a lot of your, a lot of your, you know, does the water come from the river that flows behind the distillery? Yeah, but it needs to be stripped down so far. True. It's the same as everybody else's water. So if you want something that's a little sweeter, for instance, you'll add a little magnesium or calcium back into the water. Oh, okay. You know, after it's stripped down. You know, but everybody kind of starts with the same, the same, you know, white canvas, if you will, sure. when it comes to water. But I was, and I don't like it too cold. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to add water, like we had this sitting out for an hour before we started, yeah. right? Room temperature is best. Absolutely. You know, I just tell people, if you want it freezing cold, you don't like it because cold retards your taste buds. It does. Yeah. yeah. So. And yeah. so does extreme heat. Your, your yeah. tongue isn't programmed to taste all those different temperatures. Yeah. So room temperature is definitely best. Yeah. The yeah. only whiskey that I have had out of the freezer is crown apple um but everything else is just on a shelf and well, it's, it's not really, at room temperature it's not really whiskey though <laughs> see i mean comparatively it's it's not you know because it's you're right they you're right those products have their own place you know there's a huge got, we know i mean we've yeah, seen it's the an shelves. insane market i've seen the shelves i mean i can remember when absolute smirnoff were pretty much the only vodkas you saw maybe a little right. stoli once in a while you know right Show you how smart I am. When Grey Goose came out, I said, "This is never going to go anywhere." <laughs> Who's going to pay forty dollars for a bottle of vodka? You know, how dumb am I? You know, um, you know. But it's uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting last twenty five years in the spirits world. You know, I remember Jack Daniels. We will never ever come out with a flavor Jack Daniels. You can take it and we're Jack Daniels. You know, mm-hmm. well, you start to see that you know your shelf space diminishes. Then you watch another product, you know, a fireball or something right. grow like this, and you're like, geez, we could do that. Yeah. We've got the shield to build it. You know, I mean, Jack Daniels is like a Nike swoosh. 
You know, right. It's probably the most recognizable labels in the nation. Yeah. Um, it, it might be the, you know, the sure. number one. And you, when you, when you bring something out like that, their honey's fabulous. They're, they're everything that Jack Daniels is doing right now is top notch. I'm a huge Jack Daniels fan. Yeah. I think that the way they've positioned themselves in the marketplace is really, you know, they've got everything from the, the Sinatra expressions mm-hmm. to, you know, for those Halo type consumers and the traditionalists who want to drink a really good Tennessee whiskey. Um, down to the consumer that wants to, you know, do shots and throw a bottle of, you know, the Jack Apple in their fridge right. or whatever, you know. But, I, you know, those, I think, you know, there's room for everything in the alcohol space that's in the market right sure. now. And obviously it is because it's selling. I mean, you look at the tabloids on an annual basis and those flavored whiskeys, whether it's, you know, Evan Williams to Jack Daniels right. to Jim Beam, they're all like this. Yeah. Um, but it's not us. You know, we, we're trying to be, uh, we're trying to be that person that, it's a band. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're going to, we have, uh, our genre is, you know, the premium consumer that wants something fine to sip on or have a cocktail. Not to say we can't go out and, you know, turn it up a notch, right. you know, but we're not going to be that flavored company and, you know, m- moving from one, one segment to the next and, you know, fireball to screwball to right. whatever the network, that's just not us. Yeah. So it show there's a lot of, um, local distilleries that are taking the same approach and it really shows on their products too mm-hmm. you guys are just i mean everything that we've tried on this podcast has been local or has an insane amount of ties like your product to mm-hmm. buffalo and all of them really blew away absolutely yeah. like when we go to the store i don't even care to look i only ask whoever's working behind the desk like yeah. where's the local section and they're like they're, the buffalo end cap is like here i was like this is all i need yeah there's like five options but to me, it tastes better, anyways. And yeah. now that I'm drinking everything neat, yeah, I don't, I don't need Coke, I don't need yeah. Pepsi or ice. I just, mm-hmm. I want to enjoy the whiskey. And locals just destroying that market. They're yeah. so good. Well, you got, you got hands-on attention. Yeah, you know, and because we are a community of people, you know, that I love the guys at Tommy Rotter. Yeah, you know, the guys at Lockhouse. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking with him on Thursday. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't care if you're doing gin or vodka or whatever. You know, I. Uh, Corey and I just had, you know, probably a two-hour conversation a couple weeks oh, cool. ago to, you know, help each other out and say, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Our programming system at the distillery came from Tommy Rotter. Oh, okay. You know, nice. I, hey, Bobby, what do you like? This or this? Right. Goes, well, we use this. He goes, I think, you know, didn't hang up on you. You know, didn't didn't say, well, you're going to have to find out on your own. You know, we're yeah. all helping each other. I get a sure. phone call from one of these guys. I, you know, I spent an hour with him on the phone, you know. Right. And I've had that same help from other people. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a great community of people. Once again, your your family, your friends, your community. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's you know, it's it's just a, it's a really fun way to go through life. Yeah. You know, and it's very rewarding. I mean, all, every one of these companies is giving back, um, supporting community. Uh, you know, music events or you know, tasting festivals. Whiskey whiskey uh, riot here in yep. Buffalo is probably one of the best. Yeah. whiskey festivals you can i mean it's slammed in there i mean there's Absolutely. a line i've seen that line all the way down wrapped through the hotel out the door and around the back you know it's like whoa yeah you know and so. you guys are going to the december spirits fest too oh, yeah. right yeah, yeah. well yeah. we're going to be there doing a podcast there also oh, okay so, cool yeah very yeah. excited about that yeah um, so since you've been in the business for so long can you talk about kind of the evolution of how spirits have grown within the past couple of years because i might be biased about this but i feel like the craft brewery industry has kind of plateaued a little bit and now we're, we're seeing more craft distilleries do you feel the same way or is it oh yeah, yeah. you know i think you see you know the craft the, the inception of the craft spirits product it's really in the 80s okay you know and um when you look at like maker's mark 
you know, Bill Samuels, they got it right. They were, you know, Maker's Mark. I remember when Allied Demec, the company that owned a, a Maker's Mark, I think it was 2001 maybe. Oh, okay. They sold. And I remember sitting there with a bunch of my peers and I'm like, you know, if I could take one brand from this portfolio, I'm taking Maker's Mark. And it was one of the smallest, you know, products in their portfolio, Canadian Club and, sure. you know, uh, CC and Beefeater and or Black Velvet and Beefeater. You know, they had all these million case brands, but, you know, they were like, you know, I hate, you know, hate to be cliche, but it's like your father's Oldsmobile, you know, and right. Maker's Mark, I saw as this brand, I was just going to kind of keep on going. And okay. When they came out, Maker's Mark, they, they were available. They went after the airlines in the 80s. Oh, smart. So everybody that got off the airplane went to their local liquor store with a little 50 ml of Maker's Mark. I said, hey, you have, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, and, and uh, I remember um, the very first Spirits article in the New York Times was written by Paul Picault. And I think it was Paul Picault. It might have either been Gary Reasons or, or Paul Picault, Gary Regan. Um, <clears throat> he wrote his very first Spirits article, and it was about Maker's Mark. You know, so Maker's Mark had an ad right around that time, too. It was like, it tastes expensive, and it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, when you take a look at the 90s, and what was happening in the 90s, the economy was booming, right. you know, stock market was way up, everybody was making money, you know, and you started to roll into the 90s, and... You know, Absolute came out in 1979 and was the highest priced vodka in the marketplace and had all those cool ads and right. they were rolling and vodka was growing. You know, in 1970, vodka actually passed, um, I think, gin for, or rum. I forget exactly where it is, but, you know, when you think of the evolution of vodka, it's ascension to number one. Um, and then you come into those 90s and people had a lot of money and they were like, oh, I'll pay 40 bucks for a bottle of Grey Goose. And, right. oh, Maker's Mark, 30 bucks. Yeah, I can, oh, I'll do that all day long, you know, yeah. because they had it. Right. Um, and then, you know, when you think about the food scene in Buffalo, it's become so dynamic, mm -hmm. and there's so many great restaurants here, and there's chefs that have been trained all over the world, and a lot of self-taught chefs. And, you know, when you take a look at it, Tempo or Hutch's and Mark Hutchinson and, um, you know, uh, Paul Jenkins and all those guys, those guys are great. They're brilliant. You yeah, know, they're right. so creative. Mm -hmm. um, and that scene has really grown um, here in Western New York. And, you know, I've seen our, you know, Buffalo high, ranked very high in up and coming food cities or wine and spirits, uh, you know, surveys about up and coming cities and the spirits in the food industry. And, you know, when I was a kid or even, you know, in college or post college, you know, we went for a burger and roast beef. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there wasn't really. A lot of fine dining restaurants or any eccentric type food food types in Buffalo, and that's grown so sure. much. And it's done the same thing around the country. And so, as our palates demanded more from food, right. the spirits exactly and the wine the went point, along yeah. with it. You know, and the craft beer ascension, in my opinion, was kind of left behind a little bit. And then that exploded and went past everybody. Right. Um, and it's a little easier to bring a craft beer to market than it is a spirit to market sure um it's a little less expensive uh the the, the raw materials are uh, less the equipment to create a beer is less expensive right. than you know than the spirits so um i think that um you know uh it's just a fun market to be in right now absolutely you know and you know beers kind of stable off a little bit or even dropped a little um the spirits industry continues to grow at three or four percent um you know, the vodka industry has kind of declined a little bit. Sure. But I think you're seeing a nice trade-up. You know, premium gins are going through a roof. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, 
your mainstays or your lower end ones are kind of and they're falling off a little bit but you know i think the perception of quality in the united states i always go back to starbucks you know starbucks really helped the united states in the 90s it's mm -hmm. the same time right they they were out in the late 80s early 90s and everybody paid 50 cents for a cup of coffee well now here comes starbucks and all these other cat you know whether it's tim hortons or sure. you know yeah. spot coffee what they did was is the American consumer started to get educated and said, okay, I'm not going to pay $4 for a cup of coffee. Are you crazy? <laughs> Guess what? They're all paying $4 right. for a cup of coffee now or $5, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but all these things happened at the same time in the United States. So the food and the coffee, they may not drink as much, you know, but they're drinking better. They're sure. drinking, you know, the units. I keep telling people, oh, the economy crashes. Where are you guys going to be? I said, the units will stay the same. It, you know, it just depends where people buy. Right. You know. Sure. Think about, the, always going think about the 20s and the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> whiskey was booming. Yeah, right. Nothing else was, but whiskey was. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. never going to go away. It's, yeah. it, it is a really sustainable market, and mm -hmm. it's a great story because there's so many different things that you can do with whiskey. And then when you are into blends or when you take from here and take from there and then create your own, people are into that. Yeah. And then especially – it's interesting. Like guys our age um, really make a point to know where their money goes and – your generation and older is they'll just do that without thinking about it. Like they'll subconsciously know, like I'm giving my money to these people cause I want to, yeah. but I'm not going to voice why. Um, my dad did that for years. It's like, I'm not giving my money to them. I'm going to give it to them. But yeah. he never gave us like the why. Yeah. And then now um, I'm not going to say the, the M word and group yeah. us with them, but <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the millennials, <laughs> they do really make a point to say like, I want to give my money to a company that actually does something with it. Um, they have a purpose. They have a, a really good sound sense of direction. And then with you guys for non-for-profit and then doing different things for charities and then your message is consistent, even from somebody who you'd think, like you said, wouldn't be involved in the process, is super involved in the process, more people are going to steer away from the bigger names and then switch and mm -hmm. then try these because that's what it's all about when they, especially because it's a tie to Buffalo, everyone's mm -hmm. going to jump on that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that that was discussed because it's huge. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we have a ton of our investors live here. We've got some major companies you see on TV every day that are investors in the brand. Okay. Uh, we have, you know, uh, great uh, people that we do business with, like I said, at InView Digital. Um, their team is fantastic. They handle our websites. We use creative from, uh, Dan Delavella, we use okay. Creative at twenty four seven Advantage. Nice. Um, you know, all, like I said, we tried to get our boxes from here, but they subletted us to another facility outside of Buffalo. But we gave them the chance here in Buffalo to, to get it. You know, but so in my opinion, they did. So where we can do business in Western New York, we do all our printing, our shelf talkers, and everything are done by local printers here. Um, you know, and it's important too to Neil. Neil always says, you know, uh, our co-packer in Michigan, where our distillery is, you know, we're very environmentally, you know, he's energy star rated. He throws a lot of money into mm -hmm. older buildings to bring them up. We're reusing buildings. We're not building new buildings. Right, sure. You know, we're trying to create, uh, you know, opportunity where there's an older building. Nice. Um, Niagara Label uses all biodegradable ink. You could drink it right oh, out of the jug, cool. you know. Mm -hmm. um, we're Right now we're at, our glass is at 30% color, which is recycled. Um, you know, we would like that to be a little bit higher, but unfortunately that's where we are right sure. now. Um, so we're doing a lot of things like that. We're very conscious of the environment and we're conscious of philanthropy. Uh, we're very tied to Western New York. Um, our, well, our One of our owners, our CEO, Paul Nanula, his family owned Tops oh, back okay. in the 90s and they used to own Wilson Farms. Sold Wilson Farms in 2006. Wilson Farms. Yeah. I couldn't give you a dollar amount. That I put into those <laughs> yeah. Goodness. That's Paul, a appreciate that. 
Wilson Farms was the yeah. spot growing up. Like, yeah, when his buddies would go there and everyone got the candy bar. I mean, that was Wilson Farms was it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So there's a lot of ties to Western New York here for what we're trying to do. So, True. how about some twelve year old boys? Sounds yeah, good. all right. Do we get to talk about those two in the back? Too? Oh yeah, those are these are barrel samples. We're going to try some barrel samples, and uh, the cool thing about these are going to be you can see. Uh, different ages and what the color that the spirit is and what they're going to taste like. Oh, okay, cool. You know, those are great. Thank you. Yeah, but as a matter of fact, we do have a barrel program we're working right now. Um, we had Liquor City in Syracuse just bought a barrel, and um, we, we're going to have a barrel at, uh, um, we got some great barrel, we got actually a barrel out of Addie's. Oh. Okay. Um, barrel out of Georgetown. Okay. So if you want to stop out there and try some three chord you know and we just you know we're just starting to get into it because we had to let this stuff age for a little bit because sure. we do buy barreled bourbon um you know to be able to get something that will evolve a little bit we don't have the luxury of nine floors right so we're spread out a little bit but we are four rows high yeah. in our in our warehouse so i know that you said your project or your product coming out is going to be aging in the barrel for about six months when it comes out mm -hmm. well what normally do you keep your the bourbon after it's blended into a, a um or... well only the rye goes back into barrel okay, gotcha. yeah sure. the rye goes back into barrel for it's it's not a very long period of time it's till it's ready so it could be six weeks it could be three months oh, okay so we have to depending on the environment and the climate what's happening outside what the whiskey's doing inside the wood you know we taste it on a regular basis and say okay it's time to go in bottle kind of like a wine sure you know we're okay. we don't want too much of that wood character in here because don't forget we want that fruit to come out Right. You know, and I don't know if you guys were able to pick up on that cherry and the rye, but it was, you know, Absolutely. in the, you know, you can get a little green apple in there. You can get some citrus fruit, which is pretty cool. So this is the 12-year-old. This is our <laughs> flagship right here. 12 by reserve is actually the three chord played four times, which is a popular. Oh, okay. okay it's a progression of the blues. Nice. So that's bar, why yep. we call that it 12 bar. Nice. Um, and this, this, this is Neil's baby. This is his favorite expression. And. He if, just drinks it just like this. If I was super famous, I would want this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you're going to get all kinds of woods and nutty characters in here. And, and you know, pepper add, too, add that water. drop of water, that pepper really comes yeah. out of you. Yeah, I'm picking up the pepper. This is so good. Really, with the three of these, well done. These, oh, are, these are fantastic. Oh, we'll let Ari know. It's, he's the guy yeah. who cooks it. You definitely, there's definitely the progression. So mm -hmm. it was smart to go in that order, obviously. You yeah. know what you're doing. But it was smart to go in that order because you started with the one that goes down a little bit more smooth, the more daily drinker. Then you go to the rye and then finish with uh, the amazing 12 years. So yeah. very good, very good. You have, uh, you know, we were talking about the pillars of the table earlier. Yeah. And, you know, Ari and I bring the experience to the table mm -hmm. um, for the bourbon business. Um, Brian Canning, one of our founding partners, uh, he's been in marketing and product development for years in the music space. He actually produced the last Jackson 5 concert at Santa Monica Pier. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's produced <laughs> v videos for Pat Benatar and all kinds of stuff. And he's got telly awards or, you know, uh, so he's really in that creative space. Um, then we have the Nanula family, who is ob obviously in operations and retail. We've seen them with two successful businesses right here in Western New York with mm -hmm. Todd's and Wilson Farms. They bring that retail experience to the sure. table and um, how to get product to the consumer and keep the consumer happy. Right. You know, That's huge. Um, I always tell people, I, you know, and this, this is shame on me, but I always tell restaurants this. I'll do trainings in restaurants. And I say, you know, the customer comes in and expects to spend $50. But they come in that night and they spend $60. But they had a really good time. Sure. 
they go back and they say, you know, Derek, our server tonight did a really great job. I spent a little bit more money than I wanted to, but boy, was our meal fantastic. Guess what? They're coming back. Absolutely. Now they expect to spend $60 the next time. Right. Because of normal. Because yep. you're giving them an experience. And to your point, we were talking about millennials before. Millennials want local and traditional. Yeah, you know, absolutely. they want to be able to touch that authentic person. And from our company, from the top to the bottom, Neil's authentic. We were talking about some of the people we have working for us that are hustlers. They're authentic. Sure. And, um, so we're trying to give our consumer an experience. You know, we're doing tastings, and Ignite Event Marketing is doing cocktails at the tables. Right. A lot of people just sample you on their product. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're making you little mixed drinks, and you're going over there. The girls were all dressed up as witches for Halloween, nice. and we had they had bales <laughs> of hay at different events, and they give away little trinkets, pop sockets, or hats, or T-shirts. Um, you know, we do shows and we you know local oh, wow. local original music is our big thing you know so that's awesome uh we're doing we're doing the polka and versus country event at the cove oh nice uh on november 30th friday night <laughs> oh, so if awesome. you guys want tickets i got them yeah, for you all right Sounds um, good. yeah it's gonna be really cool <laughs> i've never seen anything like that but boy that's an experience right Absolutely. you know so we have a local product that's giving you an experience um and we're gonna give back to uh, you know, this flint piece of charity or that, whatever, you know, we f- see fit. So we're filling those pillars of the millennial consumer. Mm-hmm. And it's just cool to be nice. Sure. <laughs> you absolutely. know, I mean, that's really what we it's, are. You know, we're just trying to give yeah, the people yeah. a product, um, you know, in local where it's very important for us. Paul wanted our, our corporate office to be here, you know, because we had so many of the early investors were from Western New York. He's like, we really need to be here. I feel like we really got to give back to the community. So we did, mm-hmm. you know. That's so. great. Very yeah, cool. it, it's Very cool. it's a good point. Down to earth mm-hmm. goes way further than almost anything yeah. else. So clear a couple of your glasses. Okay. If you want to rinse or mm. oh, I didn't even need to clear my drink. Very good. Very good. Yeah, it was amazing. Glad you guys like it. So these are a couple different barrel samples that we have here. Um, always barrel samples in this office. But one of the neat things about these is you're going to be able to see the color differences for the difference of ages. Oh, okay. You know, so if you want to, even if you looked over here, you probably see it, but this is an Indian, a three-year-old bourbon uh, in here. Um, and this is uh, a Tennessee 12-year-old here. You can see the difference in the color. Oh, wow. Yeah. As it's picking up, and that's the wood. It's it's contact with the wood. It's picking up that color. Um, this Indiana 3 is going to have a little bit more grainy type character to it. Sure. Thinking of Cheerios, everybody that drives on the 190 yeah. goes through Buffalo, right? You're going to pick up 100%. <laughs> the best drive yeah. right there. <laughs> Thank you. You got it. This is awesome. And this is a Tennessee 12. This is going to be a Ooh. lot more like this. That one's very sweet. Yeah. Very oh, sweet smelling. Sweet. Those oh, are yeah. your grains, right? It has an any time. Yep. No kidding. Yeah, that is fantastic. Again, can, these can be so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for all those. Yes, oh, thank you're you. Welcome. All right, so starting with that Tennessee. Oh, let's see that you got. It's so. Is, oh my god! Doesn't it smell like a Cheerios yeah. box? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Again, can't even taste this one, like the alcohol in this one. This is so good. Did you try? What's the proof on the Indiana? Did you pick that up? Fifty nine is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one hundred twenty proof. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, put that put that in your bottle and drink it, right? Yeah, you know? seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, you want to feel like a man? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we've got a lot of stuff right now between three and five years old. We got some great Kentucky five year old. Um, we got some Indiana two, three. We have a library of Kentucky actually. Uh, we've got a, a Tennessee is mostly twelve or, or two year old right now. So, but all those work into the formula of what we're doing, and our formula is going to change. You know, depending on how things go and how the whiskey matures, we may want to select something that hey, this tastes really good right. here. You know, and um, you know, we think we could do something with this product. So you might see, you know, this was a Kentucky three and a Kentucky one, but now this is going to be a Kentucky three and a uh, um, Indiana two. So sure. it could be a blend of straight rye whiskeys as opposed to just a blend of rye whiskeys. Wow. So we have a section in our in our show where we like to highlight cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said initially that the first whiskey that we tried, the first bourbon, was um, more of a, a mixed drink. You, you or you can mix it with something. Mm-hmm. So what would be your go to cocktail if you had to if you had to drink one? Oh on the th- for three quart blended? Yeah. Well you know one of the things we're trying to teach people is bourbon's okay in the summertime. Mm. It's right? okay every day of the week. Yeah, but it doesn't matter the season. Everybody says, ah, this summer's here. I'm going to drink vodka or no. drink it's a beer. It's associated with a winter drink, yeah. though. Absolutely. Yeah, here comes the winter. I can yeah. drink scotch or bourbon. Um, so we really promoted the bourbon smash this summer, which oh, okay. is bourbon lemonade splash. So very simple. Um, my son Tyler came up with a three-cord palmer, Ooh. which is three-cord blended bourbon. Good for him. Half nice. ounce of peach schnapps and then split tea and, and nice. iced tea and iced, iced tea and Clever. lemonade. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Man. We, <laughs> yeah. we made them yeah. all summer long. Everybody was yeah. loving them, you know, so... Awesome. Um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty, pretty interesting. Summer. Yeah, some people don't like to just go out and buy a twelve-year-old bourbon and drink it. So some people right. like to mix it. So mm-hmm. I probably include that in our show to make sure that we, we can yeah. get people into bourbon. And then after a while, like Mike and I did, you start with the cocktail, and then eventually you'll go to neat yeah. and really taste the essence of the bourbon. Eventually, yeah. If you go out to our website, we've got some great drink recipes out there. Um, the cool p- part about it is that we need to update it. It's it's just something else we need to do here. But we go to bars and bartenders will discover these unique drinks. So we give them credit. Like you'll see the Morgan 42 out on our website was okay. was uh, concocted right over here at Local Grill on the Whirly in the Golf Club. Oh, cool. Yeah, Very the nice. bartender over there, her name's Morgan. So we named it after her, the Morgan 42. Nice. It's an ounce of three-quart bourbon, a couple dashes of bitters, topped off, uh, um, a half ounce of lemon juice topped off with Prosecco. Oh, okay. It's nice. fantastic. Nice. You want to have a jacked up uh, mimosa on a Sunday morning. Wild golfing too. Yeah, right. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really awesome. good. This twelve year is fantastic too. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's a one oh, or yeah, ninety six. So, like I said, remember I said Tennessee comes out a little less. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that's at ninety six, and call it ninety seven once we get to our points. Um, but that's a 12-year-old Tennessee that's got – you can pick up a lot of the characteristics. You get that charcoal character. Sure. Um, you get that oak character, almost like a campfire, if you mm-hmm. will. Absolutely. Um, that comes out in there is also going to be in there. Very. So, yeah. Yeah, when we – oh, we got a bourbon club. Oh, we're doing so good. Yeah, we're doing a bourbon club in Memphis. I'm going to be there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and we, we met up with a bourbon club there, and they want to make their own blend. Oh, nice. So we're taking a bunch of bourbon samples to them. They can make their own blend. We're going to put a you know a nice little piece to the label on there for them so Sweet. that they can, yeah, That's yeah. Really cool. so, well, it's the nice part about the way we do things. So we can, you know, you want to make something with us? Yeah, we can make right. that, you know. Yeah, we'll or, keep that in mind. Yeah, uh-huh. you get you come up, <laughs> hey, as you grow, you know, and yeah, you say, sure. hey, you get all your buddies together. All of a sudden, you got 50 followers. Hey, <laughs> yeah. everybody want to come to, you know, go to a pick a restaurant and right. sit down and everybody, hey, we want some of this with some of that, you know. And we, you know, we sit right up with. Uh, Liquor City and Syracuse did that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they blended their own product. It was an 80-20 okay. uh, that they put together. It was uh, a blended bourbon. They took 80% of one cask and 20% of another. Oh, cool. That they made, yeah. Awesome. So, 
There's so many ideas now. I know. Right? Just <laughs> run it through our head. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, really, thank you so much for your time. Oh, man. you're I mean, we're at an hour. I don't know how long you wanted to go. Oh, but... it's I'm on you guys' time, yeah, man. I like really... I said, I wasn't really sure. I thought yeah. we were setting this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> realize we're doing. No, it. We're going all in. Yeah. yeah that's sure. all right. That's what. Good, thank good you so much out. for all your time. We really you're, appreciate you're it. You're welcome. We'll have to set something up once the other two bottles release too, so we can talk more in details on those. Yeah. So. I'll tell you what. We could. We can. Uh, we can release strange collaboration right here on the podcast. Oh, awesome! Or, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. We'll release it with you guys, and that'll uh, be huge. We'll get we'll get yeah. rocking and rolling. Awesome. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you so much. You got we it, really guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Mike. Of course. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.